See, now you thought you were just going to get a one-and-done podcast, but you're sadly mistaken. Look at us, starting a second episode together. I have my microphone. You're disappointed at the fact that I own one, and the guy at Best Buy who regrettably sold it to me. Anyway, welcome to the second episode of the Foodie for Thought podcast. I am your host of the evening, Kung Foodie, otherwise known in the streets as James Foodie. (laughs) Now, before we get started, I have to express something, because the amount of people that had messaged me, called me, came up to me in person saying that they saw the highlights or watched the full episode was really overwhelming for me because how everybody expressed how it resonated with them meant the world to me. The message of resilience and the idea of digging for greatness is something that I've kept in the shadows for a long time. I've been having this for years and it's not like I hit it on purpose, but Everybody struggles with a battle of believing in what they feel that's placed on their heart. And over the last couple of years, as I've battled that, I finally felt called to share it. And for it to be received so well, and for so many people to tell me and express to me that it was shared at such a, an important part of their life and a season where they really needed to hear it, really, really meant a lot to me. And I was overwhelmed, like I had said. So if you had shared that with me, or even if you just sat and listened to yourself to keep this so that you could take it and run with it in your own way, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Let's just recap what we talked about the first time, because this is built off of the first episode and a four-part series, like I said, of resilience. I believe resilience is not just a word of having a thick coat of armor, being able to get hit getting back up again, recovering faster, harder, be able to bounce back quickly. Although that is very practical, but I believe resilience is also a word of light. It's also a word that allows me to connect with myself. Because like I said last time, if we share anything in common, anybody that has any level of success or depth or on a personal self journey of betterment, we all have one thing in common and that's adversity. And I believe that adversity is placed there on purpose to be able to give us a message, to be able to connect with ourselves to become better. If you see adversity correct, it's just nothing but an opportunity. It's also a message. It's a message being sent to you in particular on your journey to be able to grow, to be able to come better to be able to come more connected with yourself so that you can appreciate yourself more, love yourself more, and become more in purpose so that you can live a more purposeful, driven life. And I'm just here to be able to help share my two cents and what I believe in that. What makes up resilience, the three pillars, passion, excellence, discipline, is built to be able to help dig for greatness within. That phrase where we hear chasing greatness, that's something that's outside of ourselves. And I think we might have to rearrange that phrase, like I had said last time. Because off of my personal story of codependency that I was battling for so long, I learned to not look for validation outside of myself. I've learned how to self-regulate. I've learned how to appreciate my own worth and love myself, and give back to myself while I can still give to others. Because you can do both. It's not just one or the other of being fully dependent on somebody else or being fully independent. Because 
on both ends, I'm abandoning somebody. If I'm abandoning, if I'm dependent on somebody else, I'm abandoning myself. And if I'm only self-centered, I'm only independent, I'm now abandoning everybody around me. And I believe that fully goes against our purpose. Because that adversity, we talked about small rocks, big rocks, while we're digging for that gold mine inside of us, small rocks, big rocks are going to be in our way. And those are just obstacles. Those obstacles can mean many different things. For me, like I said, it was codependency. But for you, it might be something else. And for other people, it might be something else. It could be terminal illness. It could be a death in the family. It could be a horrible accident that you had gotten into. It could be a breakup. It could be so many different things. But all of those give you the opportunity to be able to connect with yourself. And these rocks, to dig them out, are dirty work. It's a process. But what's the alternative? Either you can dig for greatness. Either you can spend that hardship building yourself. Or you can become complacent. And you can just give up. And you can throw in the towel. Both are hard. You're going to choose your hard. Me personally, I would rather have one gold. I would rather have one piece of gold than a collection of rocks. That's me. But everybody has their own free will. I've lived both paths. I'm telling you, being complacent is harder. Working for it is going to require more responsibility, but it's an investment and it will give you returns. I promise you that. So let's get into it, shall we? Today's topic is about the first pillar, and that's about passion. Passion can mean two different things. It can mean many different things. Like we had talked about last time, I had everything stripped to me, away from me in one shot. When I have my passions and basic elements of just human stability, what do I have? And that forced me to come up with resilience and self-connecting and that journey. But that leads to a second question. If my passion was taken away from me, does that mean my passion was my purpose? If you, if you are following your passion right now, or if you had lost your passion, if you have been stuck in another area of life that you can't seem to recover from, is our passion our purpose? And that answer is no. Purpose is actually much simpler than that. And we're going to create two definitions here. Because I've seen people get two words very confused with each other. Although they are very well linked together, they mean two completely different things. And we're going to go each word by word. And the first word is purpose. Purpose can be defined very simply. And if you're journaling, I want you to write this down. Our purpose in our life, our purpose in life is to just selflessly share our gifts. It's that simple. Your gifts are what make you uniquely you. They are what make you so authentic. And we can all share a lot of gifts. Your gifts could be your talents. Your gifts can be your people skills. Empathy, compassion, creativity, hope, faith, hardworking. All of these that you attribute yourself to and your characteristics are a part of your gifts. 
you could almost define them like skills. It's skill building, really, where you just take in so many gifts and you that you've built over so long, some that some of you have natural gifts that you like to share. And those are very inspiring to other people. But your purpose is to just selflessly share your gifts. Because we all want a sense of belonging. When we, like I was saying before, if you go so independent, it's, it becomes lonely. Although we can feel like we're being protective if we're being super independent, we're missing out on a lot of experience. We're missing out on the vulnerability of chance to be able to share that with people. And although there can be some really crappy people out there that can really do as dirty, that doesn't mean everybody else is like that. And that doesn't mean that you also can't share your gifts because that's a part of your purpose. And a part of purpose that we're going to talk about later is that it's not always going to be happy times when you're living in purpose. As long as you're living in purpose and feeling connected with your gifts of what you have to share with the world... You are living a purpose-driven life. I would rather live in purpose than trying to live for an emotion that I know is not stable enough. That I know is only going to be coming in waves. And that's just a byproduct. It's, happiness is just a byproduct of living inside purpose. Now, the word purpose can also be misinterpreted from another word. One that we get confused with very often. And that's your calling. I want to very clearly define something. And I'm looking next to my notes right here, and I'm, I'm telling you, again, just early on, I encourage you to take notes as we're going along here. Whether mental notes or write them down. You, be you do the choice. Your calling is what you become. And your purpose is your doing. Your calling is what you are. Your purpose is what you do. We can almost make this like a graph split down the middle. Your calling equals being. Being. Purpose equals doing. I have a friend who actually started me in the fitness industry and have, have, has been the star of my six-year uh, career drive in fitness. His name is Lionel. And there was one day we were talking as I was graduating from my student teaching to become a phys ed and health teacher. And I was working a weekend shift at the job, at the gym that I was working at, and he was working his weekend shift. And the six months that we knew each other before then, we had gotten relatively close, not as close as we were going to become in the future, but we knew that we resonated with each other. We were both very high energy. We both sensed a sense of depth with each other, a sense of passion, a sense of a, a desire to become really, really profoundly excellent at what we do. We just, we saw eye to eye and we still see that way. He's still an incredibly good friend of mine. We were out to, we were out to eat one day. And we were at a bar and he was just saying hey to everybody. It was in his neck of the woods. So he was saying hey to everybody. Everybody was coming up to him and just saying hey. And while I was listening in on some conversations and I was getting to know some people he knew and other people listening to some music. We were having a couple of drinks and this one girl comes over because she recognized Lionel was just being seen by everybody. And he was getting approached by everybody. 
And as they were talking back and forth, this girl asks him, so what do you do? And Lionel said the most profound thing I think I have ever heard in a while. He said, I help people. He did not give the standard answer of, oh, I'm a personal trainer. He said, I help people. I help people become better versions of themselves, stronger versions of themselves. And I help people to love themselves in whatever way that Lionel said it. That's his personal, that's, I learned that that was his personal mission statement. And when I listened to that, it, it, I drove home that night thinking about that that entire time. And yes, he, he explained to her that he was a personal trainer and that he was a fitness director at another gym because he had moved from the gym that we had originally worked together to go work another one. I thought what he said was so profound because he, explained, he answered the question exactly like how she wanted it. What does he do? Not what he is, his being. What does he do? Because here's the thing. You can take what you do anywhere with you. What you become is just a part of the journey where you are called to be. Where you are called to is going to be directly related with your purpose. It is going to lead you to purpose. Because it is going to lead you to being able to express your gifts in whatever capacity that that place allows you to. When I left the martial arts back in 2014, in that time of my life that I had a really harsh identity crisis, it was really hard for me to bounce back because I put all of my identity in what I had become and completely taken it away from what I do. What I learned from the martial arts is that I have a lot of skills. Aside from the physical skills, I also have other skills. I learned how much I love teaching. And judging by the results of the classrooms, the tournaments that I coached at, and the people that I was able to talk with and gather my networking, I had a pretty good skill for teaching and coaching. I also learned a lot about leadership skills. I learned about people skills. I learned about empathy. I learned about how to build communities. I learned about how to communicate. And that was one of the most profound things that I had learned. Because if you're on a journey like myself that you just, and this can apply to anybody at any point in their life. If you want to win somebody over, you need to really work on your communication and how to talk to people. Whether you're a teacher at school, whether you're in sales, if you're in sales, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Whether you're a secretary talking to your boss, trying to gather information to be able to relate to many forms of people, no matter where you are, these gifts and skills that you develop and enhance are going to be really important for you. Those skills are a part of your purpose because you could bring that purpose anywhere with you. I had left the martial arts thinking that my identity was so inside of what I had become I had lost sight of what I do. And I started to live a lesser life where I didn't see myself so worthy to be able to step up and grow in my goals. So I settled just to become a regular person, working a regular job, going home, sitting there, really not having new goals because what I had left was my only goal of what I had become. 
And it's funny because some of us I know feel so stuck, stuck in life. If you feel stuck in life, what I've learned is it might not be exactly I feel stuck because I lack purpose. It's I don't know where I'm being called to next. And those are two completely different things. You might know what your gifts are and you might not, which by the way, that's going to be a future podcast. How can you find your gifts and what that's going to be a great podcast, but some of us feel so stuck in what we were called to be. We lost the sense of what we do. You know what I'm saying? Am I preaching? Am I, am I somebody got to tell me? Always identify in what you do because then you will be called to many things in your life that will require you to be many things. I'm going to say that again. You will be called to many things in life. Your passions are just a part of your calling, which leads you to purpose like I had said. And it's funny because no matter what we are or what we practice, whether it's martial arts, cooking, business, engineering, crafts, mechanics, whatever it is, it all points to the exact same thing for you to be able to utilize your gifts, able to express your gifts. And if you can express your gifts, you are now walking in purpose because you are selfishly sharing your gifts with others. And when I had left the martial arts, I was forced to find purpose again. Like I had said, I was losing the sense of where I was being called to next. I had joined that first gym a couple of months later. I was working six different departments because if anything, I knew I could just work hard. And it took me a while to reconnect with my purpose because I got so stuck with where I was. And over the years of me being in that gym... And going into other places, other gyms and that weren't as bad, I was losing my sense of purpose and what I actually brought with me. And what was the funniest part was once I changed the way that I viewed myself, realizing that I have everything inside of me, things just shifted. And I'm going to explain how later on. You're going to see exactly why. But I'm going to keep... I'm going to keep going in what my notes are telling me to do. I hope you don't mind. It's important that we don't strictly just focus on what we've become, what job that we are in, what role that I play in life, whether at your job or within your family or your friends or a certain hobby that you've attached your identity to, that we don't just get stuck there. Yes, that makes up a part of our identity because it's taught us things and it's things that we found passion in and things that we love serving in. But the most important thing is we never forget what we do. Lionel had really inspired me to make my own mission statement without him actually knowing. But it leads from resilience. My personal mission statement, and feel free, feel free to take it with you as you go, my personal mission statement is that Wherever I go, I serve with unwavering joy, always looking to better my best and harmonizing all of my responsibilities together. And if you look at that, that follows each pillar. Passion, serve with unwavering joy. Excellence, always looking to better my best 
and harmonizing all of my responsibilities together. Discipline. You will be called to many things in your life. You won't just be called to one thing. Ever hear that quote? This is the one thing that bothers me so badly, and I don't know why people don't say the full quote. It might just be from misinterpretation or miseducation or just, I don't know. I don't know, but it bothers the hell out of me. You ever hear the full quote, the jack of all trades is a master of none? Do you know what the rest of that sentence is? The full quote is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but typically better than a master of one. You are going to have many callings in your life. Your passions are just a part of your calling. Martial arts called me, but you know what else called me? I was called to also be a son. In the future, I pray that I am called to be a parent. You might be called to be a musician, a mechanic. I was a martial artist. You might call to be a business owner. You might call to be a secretary, a teacher, a friend, a spouse. You are going to be called to many things, and each role is going to require certain things from you. You are going to have many things, so why only have one passion? It's practical advice to get good at one thing, and then to be able to sprout out from there to then take that, those skills to be able to apply to many other things. But that, it's age old now to just find the one thing that you want to do for the rest of your life. That's, it's, it's out, it's aged out, it's, it's done. We have so many different options now. Why would you only settle with one? We, as people, go through a lot of rebirths. And my friend, my friend Bobby and I were talking about this sometime last year. That people go through rebirths. Every, it could be two to three to five years. We go through a rebirth in our mind of, okay, I spend a certain amount of time in this. Dedicating myself, pushing myself to being able to get really good at this thing. And every two to three years, that might change. Or it just might elevate it took me three years to become a full-time personal trainer or to be a full-time personal trainer. And I was feeling stuck because I knew I had so many other strengths. And for me, it was a question of where I'm working at right now. Is it the environment that I just have come to really dislike so much that I've really felt like I've, I've lost a sense of purpose and my, and my gifts that I can't express them fully? Or is it that... I really just don't like fitness. And for me, what it was, was that it was just the environment. And I think a lot of us can relate with that because I can't remember the exact statistic, but the majority of people who quit their job don't quit because of the job itself. They quit because of the management. You might have a really bad manager or a boss or the people that you work with. It always comes down to culture because who are some of your favorite people? Probably some of the people that you that you favorite the most are those who are just the most passionate. It might not even be the mo they might it might not even be anything specific about what it is about them. It's just who they are as people. That's why Lionel and I resonated so much with each other is because yes, he was very connected to fitness and he was also an insane musician. But at the same time, I loved him because what radiated about him so much is he brought so much passion with him everywhere he went every person that he talks to he he greets them with such servitude and joy and wanting to help so much from a genuine place 
it's not necessarily the thing where they are themselves as much as it is who they are. Because going back to my last episode too, where at the end I had said, it's not about the journey or the destination. It's not about the thing itself. It's about the company that we spend time with. That has more to do with our success, our inspiration, our purpose more than anything. Because when we, if we are going to selflessly share our gifts, live inside of purpose, we are going to need to do that with like-minded people and open-minded people. Which is why I also feel so called to be here doing this podcast because it's not about the idea of resilience so much as it is about talking with people who are like-minded and open-minded. That's my favorite part about this entire thing. As much as it is about the person, it's also about the thing too, right? Everything takes dedication. I've had so many interests for so long that I've put off for a while. And you might have many interests too. And maybe you don't just feel stuck in life because it's that you lack purpose, but you're just so focused on one calling that you missed a call somewhere else. You might be called somewhere else that's asking for your attention, that's asking for your time. And there are times, yes, that we need to put our head down and focus. That is a giant part of what passion looks like. Passion, often than not, looks like focus, not always like we're on fire. Because you ever hear that expression where if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life? That is utter garbage. Because everybody who I know that loves what they do dedicates as many hours as humanly possible to it. When you are so caught up in what you love, it becomes all that you think about. And sometimes it does take sacrifice and you accidentally neglect other responsibilities. But that's also why, and we're going to talk about it in another episode, discipline comes so much into play. But even in passion, while you, while you are serving others with your gifts, you also have to recognize that you are going to be called to share your gifts with many different areas of life and many people, right? When you are so dedicated to your passions, yes, it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to sacrifice your mental, your spiritual, your physical. When I was starting off as a fitness coach, I sacrificed the majority of elements of my life. The number one being my health. I was saying yes to everybody just to try to build my fitness book of business. I was saying yes, and I lived oh, 40 minutes away from the gym that I worked at. I was saying yes to everybody. I said yes to the people at 4.30 a.m., at 9 a.m., at 4 p.m., at 8 p.m. And if you're a fitness coach listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about if you're taking your craft seriously. I had, because I lived so far away, at the same time, I had four different alarms throughout the week, and it was utter hell. I would wake up at 3.15 a.m., then the next day I would wake up at about 6 a.m., then the next day I'd wake up at 3.15 again, to then follow the next day by 7 a.m., to then at whatever day that I could recover, which was Sunday for the most part, I just slept as much as I could because I was just trying to recover to try to feel well again. Sleep is... And as you will learn in fitness and in health overall, sleep is one of the most important elements. If not, I would put that at the top because if you don't rest well and you don't recover, you're not going to get the results you want. You could eat well, you could train well, but if you don't sleep as properly as you can, you are going to see diminishing returns. It just is what it is. And on top of that, as I'm training and I got back into jujitsu, 
at this point, two full years had gone into me being full-time fitness coach, and I'd started jujitsu again. So on the days that I would need to get there at 4.30 in the morning, and I would work up until 2.30 in the afternoon, straight through, I would then rush home as fast as possible. I would let the dogs out, bring them back in. I would jump into my bed at about 3.15. I would nap for a half an hour, but I would try to fall asleep as fast as possible. I closed the blinders. I threw on a hoodie or I threw the blanket over my head to try to completely encapsulate myself in darkness so I could just sleep as much rest as possible before I scarfed food down my throat to then teach for an hour and a half and then train for an hour and a half. And then I would get home at 9 p.m. and then just I would try to recover. I would have another alarm and it was just alternating every other day and it was so difficult, right? It takes sacrifice to build the things that you want no matter what. And you don't have to always be so obsessed with your craft. Passion can be lighthearted too. Your passions and your hobbies can start as side hustles or they can just start as hobbies. They can be as lighthearted or as heavy-hearted as you want. That is the beauty of finding your passions in your life. You are in the driver's seat of controlling where you want to bring that in your life. It's getting good in here, people. <laughs> so we've covered, I think we've done a pretty decent job at covering calling versus purpose. Your calling is what you become. Your purpose is what you do. Your calling is where you are placed and you're going to be called to many things to share your gifts and what you do. Now you may be in a spot where you feel stuck. Now that you know the two different definitions, although they are very well linked, we know that being and doing are two different things. Some of us feel stuck. Some of us might not know what our gifts actually are. Like I said, I'm going to make another podcast of that. I'm focused on calling right now because I really want to differentiate it. Some of us feel so stuck that we lack purpose, but what we are really asking ourselves is, where am I being called to next? Some of us understand what our gifts are and what we actually do bring to the table. Hardworking. Empathetic. I am logical. I can balance my emotions versus logic. And I have a good understanding of that. I have physical capabilities. I know I have organizational skills. I bring all of these different skills that I've mentioned before. Empathy, creativity, all these different things. I know what I, I have, but I felt lacked in that. And I felt like that switch has been turned off. And you always have the power to turn it back on. But some of us, are, what we're really asking is that I know what I have, but I don't know where I'm being called to next because I'm not feeling connected to something to be able to share my gifts and to be able to connect with something that I can find purpose in. And to that, here is my answer because I've been there too. To find your gifts or your next calling, you have to be have two things. You have to be vulnerable and you have to move. I've learned that life doesn't stop for you to be able to figure out answers. Time is just going to keep going on. Action has to come before motivation. I think a lot of us try to make decisions from a standpoint once we feel motivated. That is super prevalent in the fitness industry. 
I will wait until I feel my best. I will wait until these ducks are in a row. I will wait for this to happen so that I feel good so that I can then go do the action. Action has to come before motivation. Motivation's just going to do this, right? But you want to know something really interesting and you want to know the truth. You want to know what's really motivating? One word, results. Isn't it really motivating to lose 10 pounds? You lose 10 pounds. Damn, I feel motivated. That's motivating. That makes you feel good. Oh, my bank account is up. I'm up 500. I'm up a grand. Oh my God, I saved all that money. I saved all that money. Now I have all of that money more in the bank. <clears throat> what if I keep saving? That's motivating. If you want to accomplish anything in your life, whether it has to do with finances, fitness, championship, building a more of a business, results to where you are on a team somewhere, whether, like I said, it doesn't matter what role you are, but when you see the result that you've been looking for, that is what is motivating. Action has to precede motivation. And that takes discipline. That takes more vision than it does just simple looking at the surface of, let me just, okay, well, let me just do the job. Let me just train these people. Let me just coach these people. No, in order to be able to help people and see these people get what they want and get what they desire, get what they're worthy of, get what they want to accomplish, I have to be able to take ownership and responsibility to make sure the actions, the right actions are done first before we feel good. That's just how life works. You just got to take a chance. And to add to that, it also takes vulnerability, not just action. Finding your next calling also takes vulnerability. Because you, it's not that you have to be vulnerable, like I had said, to emotions and just, oh, I really feel like this. That's not my, what I'm talking about, vulnerability. You have to be vulnerability to disappointment. You also have to be vulnerable to succeeding. And I would argue that succeeding is harder to be vulnerable to. Because if you fail without anything happening in succession, oh, it's like, oh, okay, I expected that. You could just, that's really easy to downplay and just talk yourself down. Like, oh, well, I'm already in the beginning. What's the point of keep going on? A lot of us can have that. Or it's just, oh, what if I keep having this failure over and over again, right? What happens if it goes right? People think that the higher you climb, the harder it is to fall. But if you stick to your roots, and if you stick to those principles, and if you keep going forward, it's not that it's going to be harder to fall, but you're just, you can keep growing from there. Who you are down here, you're going to be an elevated version of up here. Oh my God. I am preaching. Do you hear that? What you are down here, you are just going to be an elevated version of up here. So if you root yourself in action, if you root yourself, not just in motivation, but you, you, you root yourself in your gifts of wherever you are, whatever you are doing, wherever you go, you are going to utilize your gifts. How could you possibly fail fully? If what you do is what you carry with you. 
and who you become if you fall down like I had did when I had lost my identity. If I had rooted myself in what I do, and of course I was underdeveloped at the time mentally, I was too young to realize that. But now, if God calls me to do something else, I won't lose my identity in being a fitness coach, being a martial artist. I will be rooted in what I do, serving with unwavering joy. It doesn't move. I'm always looking to better my best, and I am harmonizing all of my responsibilities so that I do my best to not lack anywhere. That takes vulnerability. You have to be vulnerable to disappointment and succeeding. In succession, whatever you want to call it, success, God. But you also have to be vulnerable to input from others. It takes an army to make something, and it takes an army to make someone. There is no such thing as a self-made man, a self-made woman, a self-made person. There is no such thing. It takes a team to get there. It takes a team, if you are going to become, in the martial arts world, if you are going to become a successful fighter, you are doing the hardest sport on earth. You are doing the hardest thing, which is the most, the most, like, what you are doing is you are doing the hardest thing, the hardest, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, okay, let me do that again. And you also have to be vulnerable to input from others. If you are a martial artist, and if you've done anything hard in your life that you've had to accomplish something, it can be anything, not just martial arts. There is no such thing as a self-grown person, a self-made man, a self-made woman. There's no such thing. It takes a team. A UFC champion is not just built because he worked hard. He had the right head coach. He had the right striking coach. He had the right wrestling coach, the right grappling coach. He had the right nutritionist. He had the right massage therapist. He had the right strength and conditioning coach. He had the right people in his ears listening to the positivity, the mindset. He had the right mindset coach. He had the right mindset and people around him, the environment to be able to push forward and get to where he wants to be. And that takes vulnerability because I have to put trust in other people and that's just taking a chance. I could be disappointed in them or I could not and I can learn something from them and I can gain something from them and I can also connect with them and be in purpose with because we can selflessly share our gifts with each other, our talents with each other. And our, our ability to be able to share this calling together. We can become something together. Is this making sense? Okay, now just pause because you are looking amazing right now. You're right there. Now let's say you are vulnerable, right? 
You are vulnerable to the chance of failure and success. You are also vulnerable to being, you are, now here. Now let's say you are vulnerable. You are vulnerable to the chance of failure and success. And let's say I'm also moving. I'm trying to make moves and nothing's really landing. I'm taking actions. I'm analyzing myself. I'm self-reflecting to be able to say what I am good at. And let's say something's just not landing. I don't know where to go. I'm not sure what to do next. And I feel stuck. And if you ever feel stuck in where you are, the one thing that I learned, and I hope you write this down or make a mental note of it, go to the last place you felt called to and then serve with unwavering joy. Before I left that first gym, I went on 11 different interviews and always heard no. Some were other gyms and some were school districts because I wanted a crack at teaching. By the time that I was going on these interviews and the one that I thought I had in the bag, going to the finals with a superintendent in a district that I thought I really had a chance, I was told no. And I was devastated because I put my identity in what I thought I was being called to. But what I, what I learned was that all you need to hear is a certain amount of no's before you can hear yes. And on that 11th interview, I'm sorry, that 12th interview, I heard a yes. And yes, a big part of it was just trying to get out of the gym that I was at. But that yes allowed for me to have promotion. Not just to get out of where I was. When I worked on myself, I swear people, things manifest from the inside out. I changed my self-concept and it manifested outward because what happened, I was seeing promotions in many parts of my life I wasn't sure exactly was going to happen. But I was given a, a director's position of a gym and a head coaching position that I found tons of purpose in because I could express gifts that I was lacking in trying to express in the job prior. But when I was hearing all of those no's, what do you do? I went back. I put my chin back up. Sometimes you got to do that for your own self. You can't rely on validating by being validated and having the help from other people all the time. I had to do that myself and that took connecting with myself inside of the gifts that I could share. I brought joy with me to serve the people that I was training inside of that gym people who I weren't, I was connecting with to be able to help them and develop relationships with. And on the side, you bet I was working on some of this stuff that we're talking about right now. Other things that I found passion in. Going to the jujitsu Academy that I'm training at and I was teaching the kids and adults and training and getting reacclimated with the martial arts. After a four-year hiatus, I was focused on other things while I was unwavering joyfully serving in the place where I was miserable at the most. And if you want to talk about courage, that takes courage. If you want to connect with yourself, I challenge you, if you don't like where you are, serve joyfully. And then watch and do it with utter belief. Don't fake it. 
There's no such thing as faking it till you make it. You got to keep facing it. But you can't fake belief. You have to do it with you have to do it with truth. You have to do it with purpose. You have to do it with the idea of connecting more with your gifts while you are still being called here. Okay? Go to the last place that you felt called to and then serve with unwavering joy. And I promise you how God and the universe just move things around when you do that. You will see doors open that in places where you thought they were just walls. Where you thought there was just a wall, you were turn around to serve with unwavering joy, turn back around to see, wow, there's a door there. It happened with me several times, and I promise you, I promise you, if you truly do it, God has a funny way of rearranging things. I challenge you. I dare you. I dare you. Because, guys, the thing is, when you are at the place where you be being called to, and you are being, you being called to express your purpose and your gifts inside of that place, you are not always going to be happy with where you are called at. When you are in purpose, happiness is just a byproduct. It's not guaranteed that you will be happy. But if you are in purpose, you are connected with something. You are in connection with. And I would rather be connected with something than just relying on an emotion like I had said earlier. Everything requires sacrifice. You may feel stuck where you feel called to be at. And not always are your passions where you're called to. Like I had said, passions are a part of your calling. But you have responsibilities that you will be called to many things in life. And the point is that you take and you put the focus on your gifts to be able to bring with you. To serve others. And where sometimes, just for those who feel called with where they are at right now, you may feel like you are called somewhere right now and you're in your calling, but you feel stuck. Something's, something's not there. You might just have to reevaluate or further enhance your, your gifts to expand your purpose so that you will feel more connected with where you are called to. And just a quick piece of advice. While I was at the gym, for example, while I was at that first gym, I had to focus on other gifts that I had in other areas. If I couldn't express it at my job because they wouldn't promote me, they wouldn't allow me to express certain gifts because they were so strict with how they wanted their imagery to be, sometimes people forget that they were hungry once too. And that you too also have goals, aspirations, and dreams that you want to take care of. Not everybody's going to recognize that, but you could take that in other areas, in other roles, in other callings. If you are lucky enough to not only find something that you love and that you are passionate about, and something that you are also good at, such as your gifts, somewhere where you could take your passions you can take where you are called to 
and you are also taking your gifts with. These three things, three words, all chips in. Tunnel vision, put the blinders on. If you are lucky enough to know what you are passionate about and you happen to be good at it and you also feel called to be there, blinders on, tunnel vision. You follow your passions and life is going to reward you. Passions are a part of your calling, but we are also going to have other responsibilities that we need to express our gifts to be able to help others and selfishly serve people because that is a part of our overall purpose in this life. And that's not just with getting promoted. When I say promotion, I'm not just talking about a job. I'm talking about life promotion, finding a partner to be with. It could be a job, a new hobby, taking your hobby and elevating it to a new platform. When I was getting reevaluated and being reinserted into the martial arts world after a four-year hiatus, I struggled a lot. And my coach now, I don't even know if he, I expressed it to him, but I don't know if he knew the depth because I never got the chance to open up fully because I myself didn't know what exactly happened with me. I didn't know if that academy, I, I knew him beforehand, but I didn't know if it was going to be safe enough because I didn't want it to just be a replication of that time in my life. And it, it's kind of like you come back from a bad relationship. You go from a very narcissistic relationship to then going into a healthy one or a really unhealthy job environment to a finally a healthy one. You kind of go in with your hands up. You're like, okay, come at me, red flags. I dare you. And you're painting green flags red when they were supposed to just be seen as green in the first place. And for me, I knew he was full of green flags. But it was still hard for me to come from something that I once identified by trying to figure out what exactly, how this fit in my life again. And can I tell you something? What helped me a lot was not just getting back into training because... When I was so heavily involved years ago, I trained a lot, I taught a lot, I competed a lot, I coached a lot, I did a lot of demonstrations, I was marketing, I was going out looking for sales and recruiting new students and all these different things. But recently I've started physical therapy and my amazing physical therapist, Dr. Nick and I, which he's going to be a guest on the podcast. What we talked about is my goals now, I'm fixing some injuries that have inhibited me so that I can explore other options that I haven't in the past. And I'm not going to express them right now because you will see them in the future. I have to reevaluate my goals. What else in the martial arts world could I express my gifts in? Because I still love it. But am I going to go just back to the same thing? Seeing things in a new light can open me up to different callings. I have to be vulnerable to other options. And maybe some of us just feel so disconnected because we've lacked, not that we've just lacked purpose in our gifts, but maybe some of us just have, have we've had the blinders on so that we don't hear the next callings. We've just painted all the walls around us and just locked the doors 
instead of just opening up doors to be able to see how else we can share our gifts selflessly. Giving vulnerability to chance to be able to try again. We've tried so many things and I've blocked off so many, so many opportunities because I've been feared of being hurt. And after going through therapy and after going through a lot of self-reflection and listening to a lot of people, if you've ever heard of the name Renee Brown, she's the doctor and the number one person on vulnerability, I believe explains it the best. When our tolerance for vulnerability has been diminished, joy is foreboding. It's not just about the result. It's not just about the achievements. It's about sharing the experience together. It's about being in the process of where you fall in love with the process. It doesn't matter whether you fail or you succeed or whether you're made fun of or whether you're not. You can say whatever I am in your eyes is probably true. If you see me as a good person, great. If you see me as a bad person, well, I treat people fairly. So I probably was a bad person at that time. Or I just didn't know it because I was just in such a low level where I wasn't yet growing yet or becoming developed yet. But I encourage you, if you are in any struggle of finding your passion, reigniting your passion, trying to find something to connect with again, and you take these ideas that we talked about today, where you give vulnerability and you move and you can sit and you can plan not to over plan, but evaluate where your interests are and what excites you the most. And you go in that direction. And some of us, it's not always the most practical advice to just give up what we're doing and chase our dreams. That's actually really not that practical at all. You may be a provider for your family. You might not have the resources and the money. And you might not even know where to go. But just start what, where you feel ignited the most. And sometimes it might not just be the thing. I didn't know if I was going to ever be a personal trainer. Sometimes all it takes is inspiration from somebody who's like-minded being put in an environment where I am open-minded to be able to receive. Sometimes all it is is the company. And that itself also takes vulnerability. Wherever you go, if you don't know where your next calling is and you can't hear and feel where you are being called to next, wherever you are, Bring the passion with you. Serve with unwavering joy. And I promise you, where there was once walls, doors will start to open for you to be able to express your gifts and open you up to other passions, new passions, new callings, new roles, because you will be called to many things in this life. But be careful to not identify in what you've become, but who you are and what you bring as your authentic self. I believe if you heard this message and you take this in, you are going to see those doors open. 
things will move in your favor. And it will take action from you because things won't just come to you. God requires you to also meet him halfway. And I'm very thankful for those that I've had get to have conversations with to be able to get inspiration from and also to help inspire. That sometimes it's just not the thing itself, it's just who we are around. That's what makes the success. Whether small or big, small platforms and areas of life, more private to bigger and more public. That's what I believe is what matters the most. And I think that's all I have to say. This is what being a passionate being is. Listen to where you are called and hone in your gifts. Follow your passions, follow your and use your gifts. Life will reward you. If you've taken any time today to spend it with me and partake in this whatsoever, I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much in being a part of this little growing community. And I can't wait for the next episode because we are continuing in part three of a four-part series on resilience of also passion, excellence, and discipline. And you know that third episode, we are going to go in depth and dive into what it means to be excellent and practice excellence. My name is Kung Foodie. And that concludes our second official episode of the Foodie for Thought podcast. And as a final message, don't go chasing greatness. Dig for greatness.